The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Dr. Claudia McKella. Good morning, Tina, and good morning, all. Okay, so if you're all set, we're going to get started with a few of our listener questions, and they are rather timely. The first question is about the holiday season. With so many events and family functions at this time, before the holidays, how do we not overdo it in terms of eating habits? Oh, that's another great question. And I'm so thankful to all these questions that come in every week. This one right now is a really important question and one that I really want to cover and be very thorough with because we are going to overdo it. Okay. It's starting now. We're all in slightly uh, a bit of a frenzy. I think the key is to be prepared. So what I like to do and what I recommend people to do is just go into a mode right now where you're really conserving. You're conserving energy, you're conserving food choices, you really are conserving so that this way when the holiday time does come around, you're not going to feel horrible already and you're not going to feel guilty for having a quote unquote cheat day or for enjoying an extra special meal with family and friends. So just go into conserve mode. And allow yourself to enjoy it. Absolutely, because part of enjoying the holiday season is just that, having something to look forward to so that you're really enjoying the whole season, the whole time, and you're not feeling like you're in a guilt mode for the next five weeks. Okay. The next listener question is also in anticipation of the holidays. Dr. Claudia, what's your advice to handle the stress that comes along with family time during the holidays? Not only having extended family around, but also having even your own kids home for the holidays. This is a very hectic time where emotions are running high. We're excited to see family. We're excited to be spending time together, but it can sometimes be a source of stress. And the one thing that I like to focus on in in my own life is just setting boundaries. So just because family is going to come and visit or your children are coming home for the holidays, it doesn't mean that you have to say yes to everything or you have to just be accommodating. You have to learn to set those boundaries. So what I like to do in my own life is just kind of have a meeting where, um, you know, maybe in your mind you're setting a meeting, you're sitting in the boardroom and you're talking to the family and you're saying, okay, you know what, guys, this is what it's going to be this week. This is what I have planned. So let's try and make it work where we can be together. Or, you know, if we can work out dinner time at around this time, because I have something to do earlier, or I just need an hour to myself. So let's just delay movie night a little bit, set those boundaries so that everybody knows ahead of time, there are no surprises, no disagreements can break out. And now along with those boundaries, do you need some flexibility as well? Oh, for sure. You're not going to have people over friends over kids visiting again and act like a sergeant because you really do have to embrace the holidays and just understand that the holidays are a way for us to regroup and really understand one another and enjoy each other's company. So yeah, be flexible, be um, cooperative and kind of live by those rules every day anyways. Our last question is also about holiday stress and dealing with the holiday blues. How do we do that? Oh gosh, the holiday blues. The way I handle that is I give myself so many amazing things to look forward to in January because it's the hype of the next month. We're all excited. You have time off. And then all of a sudden, January 6th, I think it is, we all head back to work. So what I do is I line up a lot of fun things for the upcoming weeks in January so that I still have things to look forward to. I still have a date night with my husband. I still plan a family night with my kids. I make 
my sure that I have stuff that I can do that is going to inspire me and set me up for the coming year and not get my New Year's resolutions uh, underway until well into February. But what about those who have maybe more serious issues in terms of the holiday blues, maybe, you know, about of depression or anxiety or even seasonal affective disorder. You know, we don't see a lot of sunshine this time of year. Do you have any advice for them? Yep, I I would start planning now. So start thinking about how you're going to handle it. So maybe visit your family doctor and see if there's something that he or she can recommend. Maybe plan a weekend at a spa in January when things are quiet. Something that is going to help quiet your mind, quiet your body, and not have you focus on all that during the holidays with the anticipation that January is going to be a horrible month. January is going to be an amazing month. 2020 is going to be amazing. And you just have to put that in your head. All right. Great questions. Great answers. Still ahead, nutrition and the plant-based diet. This is the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 105.9 The Region or email us info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. I'm Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Dr. Claudia McKella. And Dr. Claudia, you wanted to focus next on nutrition and a plant-based diet, which seems to be top of mind for so many these days. Proper nutrition is the key to life. So if we want to be healthy, we need to make those healthy food choices. And because I believe in balance, so everything in moderation, a little bit of everything goes a long way. I feel like we need to kind of, you know, debunk those uh, myths that are around like a vegan diet, a plant-based diet, how important it is to kind of have a very solid combination in your uh, meals every day. Um, I think that nutrition is so interesting because we live in a society where food is so abundant. You can get it anywhere, everywhere, any time of the day and as much of it as you want. And we actually don't even need as much as we think we do. Okay, so let's break that down a little bit. So what foods do we eat? You know, what should we be eating? How much? And is that time of day a factor as well? Because I am, I have a habit of eating quite late and I know, I know that's not good. Yeah, so... I, I'm of the belief that you must eat three meals a day. They don't have to be big, big, huge meals, but you do have to eat regularly. Some people like to do intermittent fasting, but that's for another day, another show. Mm-hmm. I like to have three meals a day. They have to be well balanced and they have to provide proper nutrition to our bodies. So what are the benefits of some of those sort of plant-based diets that we hear about so much these days? Okay, so plant-based diet is great because it provides you with a lot of fiber. And we need fiber in our diet because we need to have the movement of our bodies. We need to be able to, fiber helps us absorb things. It helps us eliminate things. It keeps us full for longer. So you're not consuming uh, foods that aren't going to be bioavailable to you. Now, what about in terms of weight loss? Yeah, fiber helps you with weight loss because when you keep stuff inside of you for too long, it actually creates inflammation. Inflammation creates bloating. Inflammation doesn't allow you to absorb food. When you're having enough fiber through a plant-based diet, you're eliminating food properly. You're not keeping up a lot of the estrogens and the hormones that get stuck in your gut and you're able to lose weight. It increases your metabolism. Now, I know we're not going to take a deep dive into this, but what about in terms of the risk for diabetes, heart disease, 
cancer. Yes. So when you have a high fiber diet through plant uh, based foods, it actually lowers your risk for cardiovascular disease because it actually pulls the plaque out of your vessel so that it doesn't get lodged into the heart and into those big arteries. And it reduces your risk of diabetes because they are all low glycemic and low index and low glycemic load foods that will keep your insulin levels balanced and will help your metabolism along the way. All right. When we come back, an expert in plant-based food joins the show. This is The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. More with Dr. Claudia and The Wellness Prescription when we come back. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and this is The Wellness Prescription. I'm Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Dr. Claudia McKella. We're thrilled to have Eileen Foster join us on the show today. She is a traditional Chinese medical-trained practitioner, motivational speaker, and a plant-based food expert. Thank you so much for being here today, Eileen. Thank you so much for having me. So plant-based diets are all the raged, and um, I thought it was a really important topic for us to cover because I think that a lot of us are confused about the difference between plant-based diets and a vegan diet or somebody who has a vegan diet. What a great first start. I love that. Plant-based and vegan, most people use that interchangeably, not correctly. So to be vegan means that you uh, eschew all things animal-based. So no meat, no no dairy, no eggs, no chicken, no fish, no shellfish, no pork. Plant-based implies that you're focusing on plant, vegetable-based foods. You may have the odd piece of meat, but your focus is primarily plants. That, I love that because I've been very confused about it for a long time. So I eat mostly a plant-based diet, but I also eat some meat products. I'm selective, of course, but I like knowing that I don't have to be a vegan to have a very healthy diet. So give me an example of what a a person's menu would be for somebody who likes to eat plant-based. Okay, so let's start with breakfast. Breakfast may be something as simple as oatmeal, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, but if we want a complete protein oatmeal, we'll sprinkle some sesame seeds on it or uh, pumpkin seeds. Because you're plant-based, or certainly if you're vegan, you're not going to put honey on it because honey comes from bees. You would uh, sprinkle or drizzle maple syrup on it or maybe some coconut palm sugar, and that could be uh, a very nutritious plant-based breakfast. Excellent. So if you're focusing on plant-based, so what are the particular plants? So, I mean, I, when I think of a plant, I think of like lettuce, I think of a cucumber, I think of something that grows either on a tree or on a plant, but I know that there's a lot more to a plant-based diet than just those items. Yeah, I'm, I'm nodding my head as, as you're saying this, <laughs> yes. So, plant-based includes the three, well, uh, multiple categories. So, the obvious one, fruits and vegetables, because that's what we all think of when we think of plants. Uh, also included are uh, grains, I prefer to focus on gluten-free grains, but all grains. Then come nuts and seeds, and then come lentils. So chickpeas, kidney beans, split split peas, all of these combined equal plant-based. So if you wanted to focus your diet on plant-based as opposed to a strictly vegan diet, is there a ratio that you should be focusing on? There is there is no ratio. We use the phrase flexitarian, meaning, for example, you may be eat vegan three meals a day, five and a half days a week. It's Saturday night, you're at a restaurant, you're in the mood for some salmon, you have some salmon. You still have your broccoli and all that, etc. But you're just having a piece of salmon tonight because you feel like it. Right. But the rest of the week, you're eating plants. And now do you have um, a preference over what types of animal proteins you're including in the diet? 
uh, that is totally up to the person and their, you know, their favorites. Uh, nutritionally speaking, um, certain animal-based foods should be avoided because they are simply not made for human consumption. And I look back at the Hebrew diet because they are correct, uh, avoiding shellfish and avoiding pork. They, they are protein, but they are such a low quality and offer no nutritional value to the human being. Eileen, Dr. Claudia started this conversation with, this is all the rage. Why do you think that there is such interest right now in plant-based food, whether it is in your fast food place or the grocery store or what you're doing in your own home. Why is it all the rage? Okay, so uh, multi-leveled answer for that. Uh, Number one, people are always looking to eat healthier, so it's for the personal improvement of the self. And secondly, especially with the millennials, it's all about saving the planet. And proven, I don't have any stats right in front of me, but been proven time and time again, the carbon footprint to raise a cow, bring it to slaughter, and get your steak to your grocery store and that steak to your table, the carbon footprint is huge compared to, I, you know, I buy whatever chickpeas, dried chickpeas from the grocery store. I may have uh, kale growing in my backyard and from the two of them, I make myself a nutritious salad. Have you always been this way? When did you make this switch? Oh, a long time ago. Uh, when I was in my 20s, I became vegetarian. Vegetarian meaning that back then still ate uh, eggs and cheese. Vegan meaning zero animal products. And I've been vegan for probably about 20 years, 15, 20 years. So I'm, I'm sure then you've seen the change in availability of the products oh, out there too. Uh, not just the products, but going online in the last three years two years, the amount of information, vegan recipes has exploded mm-hmm. on the internet compared to like even five years ago, impossible to find anything vegan or a decent vegan recipe on the internet. Now you can find anything. Love it, love it, love it. And now there are vegan restaurants that focus oh, on yes. ha- vegan meals. We, we and- need a vegan restaurant in Vaughn. Yeah, right. We absolutely do. Um, And it's great because you have their options for everybody. So we don't have to necessarily have a meatball from a meat source. I see that they can make meatballs out of anything. And usually it's out of chickpeas or, you know, lentils. I wish it was out of chickpeas. Uh, Not to slam the recent movement against beef. Please read the ingredients. If I was making a plant-based burger in my home, it would be We'll talk about it in a few minutes. Complete protein, probably have some chickpeas, uh, some uh, amaranth flakes, what have you, some gluten-free flours. What's out there in terms of uh, alternatives for beef, please read the ingredients because they're not necessarily feeding your nutritional needs. So that that leads me to my next question. So I love the idea of a plant-based diet because it sounds healthy. It actually, in my mind, when I picture it, I just see beautiful, bright colors on my plate. And that, to me, is important. But I get a, I get this question a lot in my own practice. So having a more of a plant-based diet, are there negative health ramifications on an individual? So for example, so a lot of people say to me, yeah, but if I'm not having my red meat all the time or as frequently, my iron will go down. Can we, you know, bust this myth and talk a little bit about With that? With pleasure, please. Uh, I'm glad to have this opportunity. So where does iron come from? Uh, anything dark green contains iron. So if you're having kale, Swiss chard, black Black kale is even darker, a darker green than regular kale. Anything dark green automatically contains iron. Because it's in a plant-based environment, and this is something I want to touch on 
a little deeper. Because it comes from a plant and not from an animal, easier to digest. So, Do you get as much in what you need? Yes, you do. Okay. In nutritionally equivalent. So it's bioavailable. Bioavailable, okay. yes. Bioavailable meaning it's easy to digest. So a question when people ask me, uh, you know, is it better to be more plant-based than animal-based in your eating? The answer is it's multi, what you're, what you're indirectly asking and assuming is number one, um, what is the definition of a healthy food? We haven't defined that. What makes a food healthy? And when you know that, then it's easier to say, oh, I want a plant-based meal over an animal-based one. And so two criteria make a food healthy. Number one, does it contain nutrients? If it does, obviously it's going to be good for you. Second criteria, equally important, can it be digested? There are some foods out there full of nutrients that we cannot digest. And... Uh, I use the analogy, it's like me giving you a Porsche, we put it in your driveway, you're all excited you have a Porsche, but I don't give you the key. So you can't use it. And if something is difficult to digest, it's no good to the human body. I, and this is referring back to a bit, uh, pork and the shellfish. Yes, they have protein, they're animal protein, but because our body can't absorb it, right. it's useless. And we're going to touch on this uh, ease of digestion, why that's so important. But uh, to focus right here... Uh, Number one, as mentioned, it must contain nutrients. Number two, it must be easy to digest. So foods that fall into the first category but not into the second are some animal-based foods, dairy and eggs. Dairy is the mother's milk of another species. Nowhere else in the animal kingdom does one animal drink the mother's milk of another animal every day of its life. We do not have the digestive ability to break down casein. Casein is the main protein in cow, sheep, goat dairy products right we have lactase which breaks down lactose lactose is just the sugar so to say oh i drink lactose free milk that's not solving the problem the problem is casein and that is very difficult for the human body to digest we do not have three stomachs a cow has three stomachs they have the ability to break it down so what's the option to go to i mean every, and then everyone says well if i'm not getting dairy where am i getting my, my calcium from mm -hmm. to which i ask what is the best absorbable form of calcium on the planet Sesame seeds. So if you have a high-speed blender, a Vitamix, uh, Harley, uh, Harley Pasternak uh, high-speed blender, uh, a Blendtec, any of those, and you put in two ingredients, sesame seeds and water, within 90 seconds, you have milk. No shell, no nothing. Add a little bit of a date because uh, sesame seeds are a little bitter. Mm -hmm. And you've got calcium-filled milk that your body can absorb. You're not what you eat. You are what you absorb. And is the oat milk product that's out there right now, is that something of the same? Yeah. So whether you put oats and water in a blender, you put coconut and water, almonds and water. So oat milk, coconut milk, rice milk, cashew milk, hemp milk. All of the alternatives. All of these, yes. Right. And these they are all taste delicious. Right. These yeah. are the nut and seed alternatives right. that, that are out there. When I make uh, uh, a nut-based milk at home, I'll usually put in a bit of both. I'll put in oats and hemp seeds, maybe some Brazil nuts for the selenium some almonds for the magnesium, put in a bit of everything. That's my base. And then I say, okay, now I'm going to add my spinach, my berries, blah, blah, right. blah. So you're getting all the nutrients in one cup, anything that you can absorb in your body that is going to be beneficial to you. Right. I want to ask you a question about the pork and the shellfish, because mm -hmm. that's another big question that I get. So, you know, um, 
pork in in our culture, my mm-hmm. culture, like I grew up in an Italian family, so you know we made homemade sausage and homemade salamis and all that. So the question that I get a lot, and I've read a little bit of research, is that pork creates inflammation in the body. Thank right? you. So yes, go ahead. I'll let all you right. answer that. All right. So <laughs> pork is not the only thing that creates inflammation. Uh, gluten, dairy pork, shellfish, anything the body has difficulty digestion by definition is going to be irritating. Irritation causes inflammation. Inflammation causes water retention. Where there is water retention and inf- and irritation, even if an hour later after or a meal later, you've had the pork, let's say for lunch, at dinner, you're now having a, a very healthy spinach salad. This spinach is now going to slide along the digestive tract where the inflammation and irritation is, it's not going to get absorbed because the irritation is preventing it. It's like you having a a, a bruised elbow and you want to lift something heavy. Because of that bruise, there's a pain factor, there's a mobility limitation factor, and you can't move anymore because you're damaged at that spot. And that leads us to the common leaky gut syndrome. Right. One of the things, okay. yes. Right. And poor absorption of nutrients despite what otherwise looks like a healthy diet. Right. What's the leaky gut? So leaky gut is um, a condition where you're not absorbing nutrients, right? And and it leads to other things like adrenal fatigue, and it creates a lot of um, inflammation, chronic pain, chronic stiffness, and in all those horrible things that I see on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And it's not just from the pork, obviously. Leaky gut is accumulation of, you know, years of feeding your body. Body things that aren't agreeing with you. Exactly. Uh, one more point I want to mention. I touched on it already. Ease of digestion. So I have a lot of clients coming to me um, with severe issues, whether uh, they've been recently diagnosed with cancer um, or the opposite end of the spectrum, they're uh, athletes, whether they're uh, high end um, high school athletes, uh, weekend warriors, they have their own personal best they want to uh, improve upon. And whether you have a, an extreme illness, you know, autoimmune issue, what have you, or an athlete, or we're going to talk about this, uh, if we have time later, pregnant, you want every ounce of energy going towards the healing, the sport performance and recovery, or growing the baby. And this is where eating clean and eating plant-based is so important because I use I like to use the analogy that let's imagine you wake up every morning and you're given 100 units of energy to spend. And if you're spending 75 of that 100 on digestion, you've got 25 left for everything else in your life. That's dealing with stress, your home life, work, um, traffic, uh, mm-hmm. and then having energy left over to go work out, right. right? And if you change your diet, still eating a good quantity of food, better quality, more plant-based, now you're spending 45 units of that 100 on energy and you've got more than double left over for everything else in your life. So eating healthy doesn't so much give you energy, but because it uses less to digest and be absorbed, you've got so much left over for everything else. And if you're fighting a bad disease, you have sport recovery that you have to um, concern with, or you're pregnant or trying to get pregnant, you want every ounce of available energy going towards that source. Right. And I, I don't have any of those going on in my life, but I want energy just to be able to live my life. Right. So I feel like having the plant-based diet um, and having more of those foods that are bioavailable are going to help me achieve that. Let's talk a little bit about um, the pregnancy issue. You said you want to talk a little focus on that. So let's go for it. Okay. Uh, let's, before we, sorry, before we hit pregnancy, let's talk about complete protein. Uh, and a complete protein is what people come to me all the time saying, how do I know I'm getting my proteins when I turn vegan? Or even if I have a meal that's vegan, how do I know I'm getting the nutrients that I would otherwise be getting from my steak or my chicken? So 
the the easy answer is that if you're having any kind of animal product, you're getting a complete protein, meaning you're getting all the amino acids you need and you're getting it all in one meal. You're getting it all together. In the plant world, no one plant has all those essential amino acids in one food. So you have to combine. And I mentioned earlier, uh, the three main categories you want to make sure get combined, two of the following three, is grains, gluten-free grains preferably, nuts and seeds, and lentils, chickpeas. So if you have something like hummus that's made from chickpeas and tahini, which is sesame seeds, you've got a complete protein. If you have, like I said, the oatmeal and sprinkle some sesame seeds on it, you've got a complete protein. You have a rice cake, put some almond butter on it, you have a complete protein. You have, wow, you're making lots yourself, of options. <laughs> tons right. of options. And you delicious, ma- too. And you make yourself a kale salad, you throw in some leftover quinoa from the day before, throw in some chickpeas, you have a complete protein. And the huge advantage that... Having a plant-based... Here, I'm talking with my hands. No one can see that. (laughs) The huge advantage to having a plant-based complete protein over an animal-based one is it takes less energy to digest. So if you are fighting a bad disease, if you are pregnant and you're... lactating or, or sorry not lactating yet if you have a newborn and you're lactating and or if you're in the final stages of pregnancy and you want to make sure every ounce of nutrition goes towards your baby or if you're training really hard for the next triathlon and you need every ounce of energy going towards sport performance and sport recovery then eating plant-based makes a huge difference because now you've got so much extra energy going towards that secondary purpose over and above just surviving day to day. Right, right. And that leads us into the whole pregnancy situation where when you're trying to grow and develop a baby, you need to have all that energy applying towards that. Correct. So if you are dealing with a pregnant woman, right, and she comes to you and says, okay, I need a proper meal plan. I want to have my clean proteins. I want to have all my plant-based recipes and everything in order. Do you suggest maintain like if there's a patient who or a client who doesn't have a preference do you suggest strictly plant-based and no uh, meat proteins or do you suggest a small like the 80 20 rule it depends on the person some people come in and they love their chicken they love their beef they don't want to let go right and i have no problem with that and i always say even as okay i'm a vegan and a nutritionist but as a nutritionist there's nothing wrong with chicken or beef as long as it's eaten in a very plant heavy environment. Right. So I always say it's the friends when we talk about, you know, uh, you know, replacing the beef in your, your burger. It's not the beef that's bad. It's the friends of beef. It's mm. the white flour, mm-hmm. gluten containing bun. It's the French fries that are very greasy, hard to digest. It's the sugary carbonated drink. It's the sugar laden condiments on the beef. If you took that same beef you know, you're at a barbecue and you're that same beef patty and you had it with a salad, some roasted vegetables and water. Um, I know you're at a barbecue. Okay, you have a beer. Uh, But if you took that same patty or same amount of beef and you had it in a very plant-based or plant-rich environment, it's so easy to digest. But when you're having that burger with you know, white flour, greasy fries, mm. carbonated drink, it's very difficult to digest. And it's all about ease of digestion equals more nutrients get absorbed equals more energy for everything else in your life. Right. Well, I'm going to avoid that white bread. I'm going to not have any fries and I'm going to try and find a recipe for like a plant-based burger. Eileen, thank you so much for joining us today. If our listeners want to reach you directly, how can they do that? Uh, two ways. Uh, website, essentialbalance.ca, because we are Canadian, as well as our Instagram, Essential Balance Holistic. 
Great. Thank you so much. Dr. Claudia, thank you so much. Oh, it was my pleasure. And Dr. Claudia, please remind our listeners how to connect with you directly. So if you want to reach me, you can find me at Claudia underscore Machiella on Instagram or my website, www.thecenterforhealth.ca. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of the wellness prescription, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. I'm Tina Cortez. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region.